Hello, everyone, and welcome to Knights of the Pageless Library. Normally, this is a podcast dedicated to reviewing audiobooks, but today we are finishing our side quest where we delve into anime with Samurai Champloo. We got the finale going on today. Yeah, so we're going to take a look at the final three episodes, which is, uh, if anybody listened to our last episode, we kind of split that one up specifically so we could do this because this is a three-parter finale. So yeah. we'll be looking at episodes 24, 25, and 26 to round this season out. Yeah, and so, we're still looking for our next anime. So if anybody would want to like email us with any of their ideas, please do at kotpl.pod at gmail.com. Yeah, we would greatly appreciate that. And again, just try to make it a series that has already ended. We don't want to try to get into anything that's ongoing we know there's some great anime that's ongoing out there but we'd like to uh do some stuff that is start to finish so we have a good end point to end each season and then kind of you know hopefully less than like 40 episodes would be great and uh has to be dubbed as well so yeah no subs only yeah uh so yeah with that let's get right into episode 24 this is uh Evanescent Encounter Part 1. This one is directed by Takashi Yoshimoto and is written by both Shinichiro Watanabe and Shinji Obara. And the original air date for this was March 5th, 2005. And then the English version came out February 23rd, 2006. Yeah, and this one starts... With them like sitting down, right? And like talk, like Fu's getting really emotional, like even in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think because she knows they finally made it to uh, Nagasaki. So she knows that their journey, as it were, is sort of coming to a close. Um, and it's actually a lot of character building for her. It, at such a late stage in the show, I thought yeah, it kind of is because <laughs> um, we find out that uh, she's been actually kind of getting attached a little bit to Gene uh, and Mugen. So, yeah, even though like the whole time she acts like she hasn't been. Yeah, she kind of acts like and we get a little bit of hints that she cares about them. But for the most part, she acted a lot like she didn't care about them. So this is like them just showing you the no foo really does care about these two guys that have been kind of traveling with her, even if they didn't really, you know, want to. So. And she makes them all tell, Oh, like the, the worst thing to have, or something like they don't know about each other. I can't remember what she asks for. Yeah. And she tells uh, Mugen to go first. And he's like, well, I just want to hook up with a girl with huge hooters. And she, yeah. and Fu's like, we already know that. <laughs> and then, uh, Mugen makes a comment about um, that he killed some old man, right? Who, before he died, showed him uh, a seal or an emblem of some kind that was from the Shogunite. And Mugen's like, yeah, it was really weird. And then I just killed him. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, but we'll find out a little bit later that that's like a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, we also get a glimpse, right, of the three, the other three guys. Is that 
pretty early in this episode. If yeah, I they right. might even be the very first thing that we see, but we don't know anything about them yet. Yeah, we just know that uh, uh, one guy, one crazy ass guy, one guy with a pat, an eye patch, and another guy in a wheelchair are looking for our trio, Fu, Jean, and Mugen. Um, and I think we get to see that other samurai too. I think we, we've seen the scene already where the guy's like, oh, you, we need your help. And he's like, oh, you know, the best way to kill flowers or whatever. He's like, best way to deal with weeds. Yeah, he said, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And actually, at first, I assumed this was the Sunflower Samurai. I think you're because... supposed to think that. Okay, yeah, because he's like messing with a bunch of flowers. Uh, and it also looks like there's sunflowers in the background of where he's at. Um, and yeah, he says something about dealing with weeds because he said weeds normally will choke out the flowers. But he said the one way, the best way to deal with weeds is to plant flowers that feed off of the weeds instead. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially, just planting tougher stuff. Yeah. Um. And then don't it remind me at that same part one of the other guys says something about this samurai about like, oh, how do we know he's powerful enough? You know, yeah. because... all he does is tend to his flowers. Yeah, he's he like, hasn't I don't unsheathed his sword in years because he hasn't found a challenger worthy enough. Yeah, like so exactly what they say. Supposedly, this guy's uh, nickname is the Hand of God. Oh, uh, I guess I didn't even catch that. Yeah, because that's supposedly how good he is. Uh, makes and, sense. Spoilers. Yeah, and he—they also make mention here of the the woman that these guys killed, the woman assassin. Oh yeah, that's right. So he mentions that if they were able to best her then they must be like the real deal. So he thinks it's time for him to uh, go find them. And I, we, yeah, we circle back to the beginning where Gene like talks about his past of how he had basically has always been like a badass master swordsman. But since he was so good, his like quote unquote friends or uh, I guess other trainees who would train with him didn't like him because he was so good. Like, nobody could even compete with him, and so they just didn't like him. Right. So now he's basically... That's kind of why he's been, like, on the road this whole time, is he's trying to find a challenge worthy of himself, basically. Yeah. What does Fu talk about? Just, like, that effect that her dad left, and she's mad about it, but her mom never was? Yes. Yeah, she talks a lot about her childhood and the fact that her dad, like, ran off on them. And uh, it's kind of where we're at at this point in the show, basically. Um, so let's see. I just watched these last night and I'm having a hard time remembering the exact order of things because the three episodes blend together very well. Don't they go to the hot pot place next? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, because that's right. Because they eat there and then the other guys show up right afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess this whole time, too, like as they're going, there are these guys that are following them and they're encountering other people that they've that are, that are there and they're asking about them. Right. Most of them getting murdered. Yeah. These so these three other guys are clearly like assassins who are looking for uh, Mugen, Jean and Fu. Um, I do like this part, though, where they go to the meat place and they they're like. Hmm, this meat looks pretty raw. And Gene says something about it. it looks like they've adopted uh, European 
cooking or something like that. And the guy's like, oh, no, you just have to put it in the hot water. It cooks up pretty quick in the water. And I just like how Fu is like, okay, we got to establish an eating order since we have to share one cooking pot. We go meat, vegetables, meat, vegetables. And then it pans out and Mugen and Jean are already eating. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> uh, and I, I love that Jean's eating and he's like, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> just the just, way he says that. Yeah. I fucking love that. <laughs> this food is delicious. Yeah. It's freaking great. And then she's like, you guys are both just eating the meat. Yeah. And, and Mugen's like, like Let me, leave me alone, pot freak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, right after they leave this place, then those other three guys show up and they threaten the owner of this place. They try to kill him. Uh, and he, uh, they leave and they say, you can't tell anybody else that we were here. And then he goes like out of his shop as soon as they leave. And the one little freaky dude jumps on him and kills him after that. Yeah, he looks like a fish or something it's really weird yeah and his one eye is like all bulging and red that well, comes up a little bit later does it say don't they kind of explain it i think yeah it comes up a little bit later um but and this they kind of end up blurring together a little bit but if i remember right they have foos um like purse or something right she asks them to go get something for her. I can't remember what the cakes are called. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but then they find a note in there, right? Yeah, she she just dipped. Yeah, she ditched them basically because even though they made it to Nagasaki, they have to go to this uh, this island that's close to there. So she goes to get on a boat because they know that's where the Sunflower Samurai is. Or, well, she thinks that's where he's at. Um, so she just bails on them and she knows she has to like finish this part by herself um but so gene and mugen are like well we have to go to the island too and when they get to the uh the docks this other samurai dude who you kind of were led to believe is the sunflower samurai is standing there also um which Fu ran into him also right yeah and she's like oh are you i can't remember whatever her dad's name is right which I think is the show being like, oh, and like, oh, just kidding. It's, it's yeah. not what you think it is. It's like a super red herring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because oh, like, that part was really weird to me until I watched it again, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. they're just basically yeah showing that it was a red herring this whole time, and that guy is clearly not her father. Um, and um, she, because she says as much. Yeah, so uh, while Gene and Mugen are waiting for the boat to come back, though, uh, this dude is still there at the docks, obviously. And he explains to them who Fu went to go see. And basically that her father was the leader of one of the rebellions against the Shogunite. So like, uh, Specifically a religious rebellion, right? Yeah. Yeah, because the Shogunate is actually pushing Christianity hard, if I remember right. I thought they didn't like Christianity. Remember, they had to step on a cross. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're pushing against it. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Either way, her dad was the leader of this rebellion that happened. So this guy uh, was sent to kill him, basically. Yeah, essentially they were tracking him through using Fu. Yes. Basically, they wanted Fu to find him so that that would just make it so they could easily find him. Yeah, and he explains too, right, that he's supposed to kill Fu and them, like, and her companions. Right. Um, 
So they they start fighting, right? At this part? I, I actually remember. this episode they don't fight yet. We cut to okay. Fu when she's like walking through that big uh and she like does a little bit of stuff in the town and she like gets sent on the right track of where she wants to go to find her uh her father and then right. that guy with the the badass scythe is like I'm I'm your death and the episode ends. That's right. Yeah, he says just something like you're standing in your grave. You're standing in your grave exactly. Thank you. Um and we should also mention too that as Fu was asking around town about uh her father, like nobody would talk to her about it. Yeah, like, they were being really weird about it. Yeah, and the only way she ends up getting to talk to someone is she this little kid is trying to get something out of a tree and she jumps up and knocks it down for him. It's his shoe for some reason. Oh, okay. Well, that's what little kids do, man. They just throw they throw anything and everything at yeah. anything and everything. So Sounds about right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Fu knocks his shoe down and then that kid's mother actually tells her where she needs to go because she just wants to help her out. Yeah. So, and yeah. But yes, you're right. The episode ends with that guy telling her that she's standing in her grave and then it cuts away and we rolled straight into episode 25 evanescent encounter part two and this one is directed by uh kazuto nakazawa and also written by shinichiro watanabe and shinji obara the original air date for this was march 12th 2005 and the english dub came out march 2nd 2006 oh yeah this one really much picks up like right where we left off right yeah because um yeah mugen and gene start fighting with this guy the hand of god they like start fighting with him immediately gene i mean mugen like jumps at him and try and tries like his shit and i love the way that they show that this guy's super fast is like mugen's looking at his hand with his sword down he blinks and it's it's gone and then yeah. he blinks again and it's it's on him i yeah. love that I like it a lot too. And I also like that this dude is so he's nothing like anybody else they've come up against. Like everybody else they've come up against, they've kind of been able to at least impress, like in the beginning, you know. Even like that guy who used his freaking cool key powers. Yeah. Like they impressed but, him early on. Yeah, what happened to the key power shit? The hell I show. Don't know. This guy kind of uses stuff like that, which is interesting. Um, but I love too how like Mugen's like fighting with him and the guy is still he's like has his sword out but he's not really using it other than to block some of the stuff and so Mugen runs and he hides behind like those uh like hay bales and he throws barrels I think uh, yeah that might be what they are but he throws a bunch and the dude just keeps walking because he knows none of them are gonna hit him he doesn't have to dodge any of them Yeah, he reaches up and cuts that one and it like lets all the red beans go and then Mugen tries to like jump through it and attack him like as he's blinded and it doesn't do anything. And it doesn't work at all, yeah. Um and while they're fighting, right, freaking fish boy comes up and like says something to Mugen. He's like on a roof for some reason and he says something to Mugen like we have your girl, she's on the church at the island. Bye. <laughs> and just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> fucking weirdo. And we should mention at one point, too, both Gene and Mugen are fighting this dude. Oh, yeah, that's true. They are both, like, trying to whoop his ass. And it's right before that guy shows up. And I specifically remember because they're fighting. They're both trying to fight this guy. And he's easily holding them both off. And that dude shows up and talks. (laughs) And then Gene and Mugen are like, Mugen's like, you go and rescue Fu. You know, and they're like, 
and Mugen's like, no, I no, I'm not going. And then they look back, and that dude is sitting just like cross-legged on the ground. Yeah, he's just should, chilling. We should mention he has one of those awesome samurai hats with the little see-through part, which is so freaking cool. Yeah, and I, I when he's fighting Gene, and he, and he's like Gene's like barely missing him, and he's just taking little bits off the hat. I like. Yeah, that. dude, that's so cool. Um, but I like how that guy's just sitting on the ground, and he's like you need to decide which one of you is going to fight me. Yeah. Like he's just waiting for them to finish their conversation before he starts back into fighting, which is so cool. So, but it's decided that Mugen will go and save Fu. Yeah. Which is hilarious because the boat shows back up and Mugen jumps on it and he's like, go. And the guy's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the guy's sir. like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then we have this kind of conversation, right, between this assassin and Gene. Yeah, which is so fucked up. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, because we basically find out. So we already knew that in Gene's past, he had murdered his uh, uh, his master, basically his trainer. Um, this is where we find out the real reason behind it. Yeah, like because this, this guy makes mention of the style of fighting that Gene uses. Well, and, he says even in the beginning of the fight, right? He's like, you and I are the only masters of that alive. Yeah, that are alive. Because uh, apparently this guy knew Gene's master, his teacher. Um, and we find out that this guy actually, the reason Gene killed his master is that his master tried to kill him in mm-hmm. his sleep. Um, so Gene defended himself and killed this guy. And we find out that it's because of this guy giving the order for him to kill Gene. Right. And they were going to kill Gene because Gene refused to like switch the style of schools because they were going to change from being like honorable swordsmen to assassins. And they were also going to uh, be the shogunats. Yeah. The shogunats uh, like dogs, basically. They were just going to. Basically, Gene has this long speech about saying, like, no lords care about honor. They only care about, like, uh, their status. So they will force their followers to do things that are not honorable to maintain their status. And Gene refused to do that. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why they wanted Gene killed, because this guy obviously works for the Shogunate and was going along with what the shogunate wanted him to do um so yeah uh gene murders his his master and this guy basically says anyone who could defeat uh whatever his teacher's name was uh, must be a great swordsman and i love how this guy puts it so confidently that he's like just know even if it's by a razor's edge you will lose this yeah like he knows Gene is really good, but he also knows that Gene cannot beat him. Uh, and they proceed to fight like on the dock with this like super intricate sword battle that's so badass. It is so cool, and I actually love how this show is very comfortable with like a lot of anime when they're fighting. It's very like action movie ish yeah. where. It's like close-ups and zoom in and pow from his perspective, his perspective. And this one's perfectly okay with just holding the camera off to the side and just you see sword slashes, but they're going so fast. So all you see is the little cuts in the air 
and yeah. they're just dodging back and forth and you hear the clanging of their swords it looks great and i really love this part yeah i, lo- I love what he takes his glasses off with his sword because that's how close he was was to just barely grab his glasses yeah and, oh shit's so cool and this guy we should mention too is like super powerful because as they're fighting down like on the water he's also like like as he swings it's like sending water up off the sides of the dock yeah like his sword swings are so powerful it's pretty cool I can't, um, I can't remember if it happens here or not where they like do the the clash and then it cuts it like cuts away it just shows I, the blood on the dock we might we might be jumping ahead a little bit but either way it, it's going to bounce back and forth a little between what happens to gene and what happens to mugen but we yeah can... let's just finish the gene and then go to the mugen yeah, so at one part, Gene, basically, this guy is coming forward at him, and he's blocking things, but he finds himself, he's at the end of the dock, he's got nowhere else to go, so he thinks to himself, he says, there's only one move that will end this fight, and it's Gene's classic, where he kind of holds his sword low into his side, and he's going to run, and he's going to cut across this guy. Well, this guy takes the same stance and comes at him the exact same way, and we see them both do the same move where they cut at each other and then they're they stop and they're back to back and then all we see is blood dripping onto the dock and then like you said we cut away and we cut yeah which is so fucking good it's really good because you can't we're basically looking down at the dock and we just see the blood yeah so you know one of them got cut but you don't know who it is Um, this next part is also sick I love how this is like a totally different style of fight, but it's, yeah. it's still great. Yeah, so that's a great point, actually, and I didn't really think about that. But that is, it's it's in stark contrast because we go from Gene and Mo- or uh, excuse me, Gene and this assassin, uh, who are fully like honorable samurai style fighters, and then we jump to the boat where the little scumbag dude, like first he is in the water, and we should mention he has like a two hand it's a single-handed sword but with a ring in the middle so it basically has blades on two ends i think that's called a glaive but i'm not 100 percent sure okay uh so he uses that and then he also on his other hand has like ninja claws like wolverine claws yeah wolverine claws so we see him come up under the water and use his wolverine claws to grab onto the side of this little boat and then he pulls the boat uh little guy who's running the boat back and forth off of the boat so it's just moving on the boat now um yeah and I'll, I'll let you explain this part because you were so hyped about uh, it <laughs> i mean i he like comes up on the boat right i don't know if he i don't remember if he sneaks up on moving or not but like they he they like start clashing and fighting but he's he's like really small and is able to like scurry around like there's barrels on the boat kind of dividing it into two sections and he's like scurrying around making it really hard for Mugen to fight him and I I like how it like shifts perspective kind of constantly to kind of show I think that Mugen is like disoriented a little bit and he even mentions like as they're fighting it's like it's really hard to use your whatever I can't remember they call it a style I can't remember what kind of style Mugen uses but it's really hard when it's in tight spaces isn't it and he like jumps over the barrels and Mugen just fucking like boots him over the barrels and they like it like rocks the boat a little bit and they keep fighting a little bit and then the boat ends up tipping over 
and they're underwater and he comes at Mugen and Mugen catches his claws in his hand and just stabs him in the chest. Yeah. I like that too. I like how the dude is coming forward with his claws and Mugen just puts his hand up and the claws stab through his hand yeah, so that he can it stop him. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's freaking great. And then we just see the, the boat upside down in the water and then the water just fills with blood from underneath yeah. it. Uh, and then I think we cut back to who actually came out on top of the double cut, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we see a sword being sheathed, if I remember right. And then we actually see the assassin guy and the camera shot is from the front of him and you can see Gene behind him and we see Gene actually fall into the water. Mm -hmm. Um and at, oh that's right you see the you see the sword going into the sheath it's really cool because it stops just before it's at the end and then you see gene tipping off of the edge and then you see the sword sheathed fully as the water splashes up into the air it's very like it's kind of cool <laughs> uh so at this point you're pretty convinced that gene just died yeah i mean i thought i thought he was dead <laughs> I thought he was too. And at first I was like, wow, they are pulling all the punches at the end of this show. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if I remember right, we see Mugen on the shore of the island, right? Yeah. Coming out of he's the water. Beat up. Yeah, he's actually pretty jacked up between fighting with the assassin and then fighting with the little well, he's also an assassin, but he the little dude. Um but he sees that on that shore, right, there's like a jacked up building that's like partially fallen down. Yeah, and it's like the main part of it is like a big Jesus cross. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that must yeah, that must be exactly what you're you're right. They were they clearly had Christianity there at one point and they put it down. Like they they obviously burned that building because they ruined it. Um but the other two guys are in there, right? The guy with the uh, eye patch and the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, which don't sleep on the guy with the wheelchair. They, the show wants you to forget about him. Oh, yeah, 100%. And they do a great job of that because every time we see him, he's never saying anything. He's always mm -hmm. just like looking down like he's downtrodden. Uh, but we'll find out here in a little while that that's, that's not the case. Like you said, can't sleep on him. And they, yeah, they're keeping Fu hostage. I think she's tied up on the cross. And this is kind of, is this where the guy like explain, I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, but the guy like explains why they're after Mugen. It's in this one, but I, I don't love the connection. Me but... neither. Cause it's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Like I, I accept <laughs> it, but I, I don't like it a lot. So we basically find out from the guy who has the cool scythe thing, like you said, uh, Oh, so before I even mention that, so basically Mugen gives up his sword to cut Fu free. Yeah. Uh, and then he basically says that, you know, look, he's disarming himself, but she has to go free. And then this dude proceeds to start beating the shit out of Mugen. And that's when he tells him why they're doing that. And apparently him and his two brothers, so the guy with the scythe, the guy with the uh, wheelchair and then the guy, the little sword dude. Um, apparently back in Misguided Miscreants, when Mugen was supposed to um, 
board that ship and then he got betrayed and all that stuff. The ship was actually these guys were on that ship mm-hmm. when they attacked it. And Mugen's the one who jacked up all three of them in the boarding process thing. Um Yeah, like I said, I don't love it, but that there's their connection to why they are after him. Right. And it like he explains too that it like screwed up some government contract so like their village wasn't able to get government money anymore. So yeah, like a lot of the people in the village like had to starve. Right. Um. Yeah. So these two, well, I would say they proceed to fight, but really this guy just kind of proceeds to kick the shit out of Mugen while he's disarmed. Oh, dude, so the, the part where he has the chain wrapped around his arm and he's just like swinging him around is fucking brutal. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And so that's a good point. We forgot to bring this up that this guy doesn't just have a normal scythe. Like, the head of it can come off, and there's a chain a down on into the chain, shaft. Man. It really is, dude. It is. It's kunai with chain. That's right. Um, and this guy wields this thing insanely well. So yeah, it's, it's, like, lightning fast. <laughs> it's lightning fast. It's crazy accurate for being on the end of a chain. And the range on this thing. Yeah, I'm not sure where all the chain's coming from. The <laughs> yeah, I never even about thought about that. This thing <laughs> would have to be like a drum barrel size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to have all this chain coiled up in it. And somehow it the chain always perfectly retracts itself yeah. into this. Yeah, he would need like a crank on the end of that bad boy or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's it's cool. Either way, it is it is really cool. But basically, he's just kicking the shit out of Mugen because Mugen is unarmed. Um. But we find out Mugen kind of has a plan. Um, but it, I don't think it's till the very last episode because all we get at the very end of this is uh, Fu goes uh, further into the island and she finds this like little shack, right, mm-hmm. with the with the little old man there, and she asks if this little old man is uh, her whatever her dad's name is, and he kind of tries to turn her away. But then she like tells him what's going on and tells her to come inside. And basically she finds out uh, her father is in there, like on his deathbed. He is super sick and dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where this one ends, right? I think so. Because I think the next one starts up right there with her confronting her father. Uh, yeah, it, it does. That is the beginning of the next one for sure. So... As I said, with that, we roll right into episode 26, the finale, which is Evanescent Encounter Part 3. And this one was directed by two people. So we got uh, Seyo Yamamoto and Shinichiro Watanabe. And it was written as well by Shinichiro Watanabe. And the original air date for this was March 19th, 2005. And then the English dub came out March 9th, 2006. Yeah, and like you said, this one opens up, and this one's really somber throughout the whole episode, which we'll, we'll get into because I kind of have a theory about what actually happens at the end. Oh, okay. So, but this one's really like somber, and like Ryan said, that it, it opens up with like Fu kind of having like this internal struggle about her father because she just wants to lay into him, but obviously seeing that he's like already dying, there's not much that she can do, and she like kind of unloads and like it tells tells him like about like how the hard life that she like always was wondering about like what happened to him and like where he had been and she like walks out 
to to leave but then like in his last words right he's like i always thought about you guys yeah he like has all these pictures of her from when she was little like her and her mom and stuff like that and the little old man also like because she basically is just going to turn her back on this guy and she's going to leave and she doesn't want anything else to do with him and the little old guy explains that she or excuse me he wanted to bring his wife and daughter with him but he knew it would be way too unsafe for them to come with him yeah because they were hunting him yeah because he's basically a wanted guy because he was leading the rebellion so that's why he came there alone to hide by himself essentially uh and right about this time if i remember right the assassin who just killed gene shows up as well yeah he comes walking up the lane uh, and then he explains basically what he's doing. He uh, explains why he's there to kill this. To, uh, her dad's name is Sezo. Um, he's there to assassinate Sezo for basically his crimes against this shogunate. Um, and he does that. He does just that. He walks in, this, this sick dying guy on his deathbed, and he just literally stabs him to kill him. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> This yeah, guy it's pretty brutal. Oh man, yeah, this guy is heartless. Uh and then after he kills Sezo, he comes back out and he says, like, you know, my work with this is done. Now I have to kill all of his family members too. Yeah. So, so uh, he also the little kills old man, the old man. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Yeah, the little old man tries to stop him and he just like uh does he kill him or does he oh, hit yeah, him he, with the? He straight up fucking stabs him. I'm pretty sure. Oh, does he? Because I thought she talks to him again. Did I uh, just make that no, up? Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. So he just straight up stabs this guy too, and then uh, Fu runs. So he starts walking after her. Um, but as he's walking after her, uh, Gene comes walking back up in his final form. <laughs> Uh, he yeah. looks so badass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hair down, no glasses. Yeah, he actually looks like a freaking badass freaking anime character. His robe is like cut in half. Yeah. Uh, and basically, he challenges this uh, assassin again, which this guy is like, you know, you should already be dead. Why would you throw away the life that you clearly were blessed with to save these people? essentially um and then we get the flashback right of gene and his yeah uh master Uh, secret move yeah basically his old teacher tells him that there's one move you can use that if you if you come across an unbeatable opponent basically which this guy clearly is for gene so he says what you need to do is open yourself up to be attacked and he's his master clearly says you most likely won't survive this either yeah because he says you have to open yourself up for an attack and when they take advantage of that they will open themselves up as well to be attacked um and we should also mention too this one's going to jump back and forth and i we might get the jumping points wrong because at the same time, Mugen is also still fighting with the guy down on the beachhead. Yeah, that's just happening at the same time. 
Um, and I can't remember exactly when and where it jumps back and forth, but we'll finish this part and then we'll yeah, jump over to Mugen. Um, so Gene does just this. He starts fighting this guy again, clearly can't best this guy. And this guy also had said something about the fact that he's injured now. So there's really no way that Gene's going to beat him. Um, so Gene like stabs past this guy on purpose, like leaving his back wide open. And this guy takes full advantage of it and stabs Gene in the back with his sword. Uh, and I like this camera angle because it like goes from Gene's face like in pain. And then it kind of slides over and you see this guy behind him like smiling. But then he winces in pain and then you get this nice wide shot of this guy's sword buried in Gene's back. But Gene's second sword also buried in this guy's yeah. stomach because he took his second sword out and stabbed behind him as this guy came in and stabbed this guy right in the guts. Uh, and then this guy makes mention of the fact that, oh, you, you opened yourself for an attack so that you could, you know, attack me. But this guy's pretty convinced they're both going to die. Uh, and then if I remember right, we jump to what's going on with Mugen. Yes, we do. I think so. Yes. I'll, I'll let you explain this one because I explained the whole Gene arc. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's fine. So yeah, they're, they're like, Mugen is just getting his ass whooped and like this church is kind of coming down around them and he's getting continuously like insulted by this guy and he mentions that he just wants to fucking torture him like yeah. so that because like I don't want to like you've tortured me so I gotta torture you and then like Mugen gives him like a whole spiel like just because your life is a piece of shit doesn't mean you need to be a piece of shit like right. you could you could have pulled yourself up and like as he's giving this speech to him he actually like fucking flings a dagger that he was hiding at this guy and he like he doesn't hurt him very much but he like rips off his eye patch right yeah and we see his eye his eyes all bulging also yeah like the first guys was and he was like, oh, man, you were freaking that was pretty tricky of you to do that. And he's like, oh, that's my ace in the hole. But it was like basically just enough time for him to get his sword back. And they they keep fighting and the church like ends up coming down around them. And Mugen is like barely able to run away. And they're like running down the beach, which I actually love this. And freaking Mugen, he, he like blocks he blocks with his sword, but then he it like ends up flying out of his hands and he like lands on the ground and kind of sees where it, it lands. And he like immediately runs up and starts like wrestling with the guy, like does like some sick wrestling yeah. moves and like <laughs> flips him over on the ground and like puts it so his head is up. And and he when he threw his like kunai whip chain thing, it like went kind of around his sword and he goes to pull it, pulling it tight, catching it on the sword, bringing it up so it comes and cuts his head off. Yeah, he cuts his own head off, yeah, actually. Which because is sick. while they're wrestling, G, uh, Mugen is trying to get the guy's sword away from him. Because this yeah. guy's also carrying two standard samurai swords. So Mugen's trying to get the sword away from him, kind of distracting him from the fact, I think, that his kunai is sitting in the sand just ahead of him. <laughs> but yeah, I love that dude when he pulls on it and you get that super wide shot and you see the guy's head like come off and lay yeah. on the sand. Uh, I do like that too. I only mentioned that when Mugen's talking shit to this guy, he's like, if you draw a sword on someone, only one thing's going to happen. You're going to die or they're going to die. So he's like, stop being such a pussy and just kill me already. If this is yeah. what you're going to do. And that's how he like sets this guy off. <laughs> but I love it. Cause I'm like, that's 
kind of makes sense, right? Like if you're going to draw a sword on someone, that's your, clearly your intention is to kill them. Um, and then as Mugen stands up from his little bit of victory, uh, we hear like a blast and then he like lurches forward and he looks down and he realizes he's been shot. Uh, and he turns around to see the freaking wheelchair guy has like a gun built into his wheelchair. <laughs> into one of the arms which is just crazy <laughs> yeah but then the guy blows himself up trying to kill Mugen yeah he lights like dynamite in his wheelchair to try to kill both of them and I kind of think he actually kills Mugen here oh I think that, he like, does for weird, sure weird dream sequence and I also think Gene is dead oh okay I, I think they're both dead. And you very well could be right. We don't know at this point. Um, but I do like this because, yeah, Mugen goes back to, like, where all the dead guys are standing around him. And he's like, Ugh, you guys again, huh? Yeah. Which, which just goes to show you he dies a lot. <laughs> uh, but then he ends up waking back up, right, to Fu, like, shaking him. And he's like, oh, it's just you. I thought you were an angel of death. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we, Jean still is alive, right? Because she drags them like Mugen and Jean back together, and it's this part, right, where they they say they have unfinished business. Yeah, and they yeah they go to fight, <laughs> but like their their swords shatter when they hit each other. Oh my god, it's so funny though, because they yeah they're gonna go ahead and settle their their issues right now, even though they're both pretty much almost dead and yeah they both grab their swords and they swing them and their swords shatter and they're like Mugen's like we really suck and Gene's like you know you've got that right and then they both pass out yeah I feel like they they agree not to kill each other yeah because then they wake up like what a week later or something like that uh, Fu have, having gotten them obviously some medical treatment uh, and then the first thing that they uh, need is food because that's all they're ever concerned with is food. Yeah, that's basically what the show is about. Yeah, I love it. Um, and it, I I think it's great too every time they show them eating. Like Mugen always has just like his bowl up to his face and he's yeah, like scarfing. Like, of course. But Gene is always, he's got his freaking chopsticks and he's he's eating fast, but he's always eating like very properly. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I guess I never really even thought about that. Yeah, it just very clearly shows their two different personalities. I love it. Uh, so yeah, and then, they, they heal up and then they like go to split. They like are they're like all hanging out and like all going to go their own ways. And then Fu's like, "Oh, by the way, uh, I lied about the the coin toss at the beginning. I don't know if you guys remember, but that's like why they decided to go with her because she flipped a coin and it came up the right way. Which I don't understand how she lied because they all looked at it." Yeah, I don't really get it either. Again, I don't love it, but I'll accept it. Yeah, because she lied. Because the whole journey was a fucking a farce. Like they should have never went with her in the first place. And yeah, then they all split. Yeah, they are at like a crossroads, and Gene and Mugen go to the right and left, and Fu goes ahead, goes straight ahead. So, and that's it. That is the end of the show, right there. Um, There was only one season. 
So that is the end of, of Samurai Champloo, as far as we know. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, these last three episodes, too, I don't know that I've seen a better culmination of a story wrapped up into like a three-part ending. Yeah, like, I thought it was really good. I, the whole back half, actually, is really good with like the baseball episode and shit. Yeah! Like, that all is so good. I agree, yeah. I think so, too. Um, I mean, this show, though, I mean, it's got some, obviously has, like, highs and lows like any other show, but I would say this show, I mean, this is an extremely good show to me. Might uh, be, like, the funniest anime I've ever seen that's yeah. also serious. Exactly. Like, the way, the, the humor is pretty deadpan, which is great. Which is my favorite. Like, I still it, love when the guys are fucking walking past with that palaquin when they're like, one, two, one, two, yeah. and they back up and they go, two, one, two, one. That yeah. shit is comedy. I don't care who you are. I Yeah, just, and like, the baseball episode where... The Mugen, baseball episode, whole thing. Where Mugen steps up to bat and he has a bat in each hand. Like, yeah. that shit is hilarious. And they're not trying, like, they're not, like, making that the focal point. That's just what he does that's who he is yeah. but it's hilarious <laughs> it's, it's, it's good and fat foo whenever she showed up that was oh great. my god yeah <laughs> and the fact her voice gets all deep like this <laughs> and i love that they acknowledge it in the show that that's actually what she looked like at the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like how a lot of anime you know they just like show someone like that for a split second and nobody acknowledges that yeah. they changed how they look yeah they actually draw attention to it which is hilarious yes <laughs> and the, what about the freaking episode with the beatboxing guy i can't remember what that episode was called where he had like his own group of hype men yeah who would beatbox for him yes, when he showed dude, up that shit was great yeah i love that and, uh, dude, and the episode with the freaking the european is great yeah dude that's an early episode yeah, too but is, i but, love that episode uh, i am classic japanese man <laughs> yeah, yeah he's all he's super tall and he's like blonde <laughs> hair and blue yeah, eyes, blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh yeah Great show. I, I mean, check it out i don't know why you would have listened to this whole series if you haven't watched the show but thanks yeah, for listening definitely if you guys stuck with us through this one uh we we really really appreciate it um we know this is like Obviously, our bread and butter is audiobooks, but we we really like this stuff, too. And a big thing with this little side quest that we're on is we're trying to find more anime that's accessible to more people, essentially. Um, so this is like we happened to stumble across this show where we got lucky that this is one of those shows, I think, that is accessible to a lot of people. There's not a ton of fan service. It's funny. It's serious also, and it has a great story to it as well. Yeah, it's got everything you need from from not even just a good anime, but just a good show. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what we're trying to do basically with this side quest is show everyone that like not all anime is just that stuff. It's not all just the fan servicey, weird, like almost makes you feel awkward watching it type of stuff. Like there are good shows with good storylines it's just told through the medium of cartoon so yeah uh yeah and hopefully we you know get that across to people especially with these first two shows that we've covered i think these two do that very well um and who knows in the future you know we might stumble across a show that we don't like 
Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that season goes. But we're all like, God damn it, every episode. <laughs> yeah, and that might happen. You know, where some of these shows we go into blind. So again, we're looking for recommendations. So please, if anybody has any recommendations, let us know. Um, so, but that could happen that we stumble into a show where we're like, this is not for everyone. You know, this is for the people who like the fan service or whatever. So, yeah, which is not me i don't know about you but not me no i don't and like i said there's definitely been anime where i'm watching it and i like like feel awkward watching some of the scenes because i'm like by myself just I'm weird. Like, Ooh, am I a it, yeah it, exactly sitting by myself it's not like anyone's even judging me at the time but i'm like this is awkward so but yeah again thank you anyone and everyone who especially if you stuck with us to the last episode of this you know we we enjoy doing this stuff as well. So if you guys like this stuff, if you hate it, please feel free to let us know. Uh, sending us an email over to kotpl.pod at gmail.com is still the easiest way to get a hold of us. Uh, we're over on YouTube, you know, and you guys can check us out there. Uh, and again, the only thing we ask of anyone who's listening to this, if you could just, you know, do all the normal stuff, take a few seconds, leave a thumbs up, five stars, whatever. Uh, one star if that's how you feel about it go ahead leave that as well yeah but Um, tell us why you feel that way yeah please you know leave leave a nasty comment because yeah uh we we can't really you know grow as a show unless we get some some criticism so we would uh we would appreciate that good bad whatever you know we want to hear it so yeah um the the next book we got coming out is the summer house by james patterson Yep, uh, so, yeah, that's the only thing on the docket right now yeah look forward to that one soon and hopefully by the time that episode comes out we'll know what book we're doing next and possibly by the time that comes out maybe we'll know what anime we're doing next so stay tuned everyone so for future updates and all that kind of good stuff and again we appreciate you guys and we hope to catch you in the next one <laughs>